Hey mama, welcome to the Raw Mom Life Podcast, where we talk about the rawness of motherhood and marriage, from mental health to habits and everything in between, all with vulnerable talk to allow you the space to know you're not the only one. My name is Amber Wilford, mama to three girls, just doing my best every day, even if my best looks different every day. Get ready to laugh and sometimes cry, but always with a good cup of coffee. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Raw Mom Life Podcast. I have my friend Emily Edelman here with us today. Uh, Emily and I have been very good friends for quite a few years. Uh, We met when I think you were just pregnant with Gavin and I had baby Carmen. I mean, so it was like six plus years ago. We met at church. Uh, and we met because we had all, we all had these little kids and coming to mass with small kids is absolutely chaotic. And so we knew we needed friends to make it through <laughs> as we talk about all the time here uh, with the mom, raw mom life brand. Um, but I'm excited to have Emily here with us today. Emily has five kiddos, seven, actually, we have, we've got some yeah. couple special kiddos as well. Uh, but Emily is just a beautiful friend. She uh, is incredibly caring. You won't meet someone who is more caring than Emily and her husband, James. They're just incredible people. They, they serve the people around them and they love them hard. They fight hard for their kiddos. She is such an advocate, especially uh, for her five kiddos, but her baby Easton, who is one of my godsons and one of my favorite little humans on the entire planet. Uh, he is going through a lot of the same stuff that you've heard me talk about with Carmen here on the podcast and on, on social media with lots of sensory sensitivity. So I'm sure we'll cover, cover all that today, but Emily, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. The weekend that we record this, Emily and her husband, James are having the, their, what's your anniversary? 11th anniversary. Because we're going on 13. So you guys are. Yeah. Okay. Like the 12th anniversary. It's a beautiful crazy on Sunday. Yeah. So happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's going to be weird. We have no kids all weekend. So, um, but actually in our house, no kids, like we've gone other places without kids, but I've never been home without kids. So it'll be, we've done that before. And it's like a good reality check. Like okay, I, these little people drive me batty, but like, they need to be in this house. Like it's not the same without them here. Right. It's yeah. It's, it's like an excitement, but it's a weird, it's a, it's kind of, I think it's gonna be a little eerie, but we'll have fun. Yeah. It'll be good. Good time together. So tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So I am, like you said, a mom of five here on earth. We had um, two miscarriages. So that's why the friends who know me closest say seven. But I stayed at home since I was my oldest just turned 11 and I was six months pregnant with her when I decided to stay home. Um, And so I stayed home for a huge chunk of time with all the kiddos. They're all very close. They're 18, 17 and 16 months apart. And then there's a two year gap between the youngest. So stayed home through most of that within the last year, I attempted to go back to work and kind of dabbled with that. I was there for about 10 months full time and then decided to come back. I did something part-time for a little bit longer. And then now I'm back to full-time stay-at-home mom. So yeah, we're really busy. I love animals, part of a, a rescue that I just adore. So we have lots of, lots of foster animals and lots of, lots of love to go around. We squeeze a lot of, a lot of living beings in this house. 
You have a big heart for animals and children and people alike. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. Which kid just came in? Gavin and Easton. Hi, boys. It's the water break. Say hi, Andrew. Hi. (laughs) Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit more about uh, learning to balance your mental health and the kids because your kids are so close in age, like, and I totally get it. Like it's, it feels like a lot, like you just like pour into motherhood, um, but you can't lose yourself. Right. And so I know you've put in a lot of work in that regard. Yeah, I try. Um, it's been a process. I don't think it's ever going to be accomplished, but, um, when my second born, so my first two are girls, when my second Milo was born, um, I got hit really hard with postpartum depression, like super hard. So I've been on meds and counseling since then, and she's now going to be nine. So it's been a long time that I've been aware of like kind of those emotions and coping with it. Um, I, like I said, I still currently see a counselor and it's, it's a good reset. It's a good like self-evaluation time that doesn't have the guilt associated with it. So like, that's my biggest thing when I tell people about therapies and whatnot, it's like, such a safe space, but there's no like negative emotions. Like how, if I would try to do that at home, I would feel guilty. I wasn't washing the dishes or I'd feel guilty. There was laundry sitting in front of me. Like I can't necessarily even journal at home because I feel like I'm saying no to something else. Um, so it is really important for me to go there and talk and prioritize that and like kind of have some self-reflect time and some self just growing and, and working through it. Um, so yeah, it's definitely hard. Definitely not a pro at it by any means. I, I've realized, especially listening to your podcast, like overstimulated is the best word I have for my everyday. And it comes out a lot as anger or like, you know, you get short tempered or short fused and, and that's definitely not what I want. So I'm aware of that. And to even talk with my kids about that, of how, like, you know, if you each say mom within 10 seconds, I just had five different little people and I can't hear anything now because I'm trying to listen to all of you. So so it's good. It's a lot of just verbiage and, and I think just awareness, you know, you, you're never going to be perfect. It's never, my mental health is never going to be perfect. And there's always things that help and things that don't. And you kind of just got to be aware of the choices you make every day because they snowball pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. I love what you said about, you know, letting your kids know like yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday morning, I just looked at Maria and I said, I'm so anxious today. Like, I'm just so overwhelmed just to give them that, like, I'm not trying to be a jerk to you. This is just my mental state. Not that it's an excuse, but just to be informed, like in the same way that, you know, Sylvia has named her anxiety, Bob. And so she'll talk to me like mom, Bob is, is really here right now. You know, in, in the same way she wants me to know, I want, I want them to know it's good for them to know I'm so overstimulated. I just need a break because it happens to moms too. And I think that also normalizes it for them. Right. Yeah, it was really interesting. I saw a TikTok this morning when I was just sitting on the couch with the boys and it said like at when my I was young, my parents were in their mid thirties and I thought they had it all together. And I was like, I don't want my kid to think I have it all together. Like, I don't want them to look in their twenties and be like, oh my gosh, my mom had all of it together. By this time she had X kids and, and she was married and she did X, Y, and Z. Like I, that's just not reality. Like, it's just, it's not what I want them to strive for to be, you know, think that I'm flawless and, and totally capable hundred percent of the time. Like 
again, like you said, doesn't give you an excuse to be totally out of it and a horrible mom, but, but like, really, I don't want them to, to know, you know? And so even today, my oldest, my two girls are at my dad's house up North at the cabin. Um, and she's having a really hard time. She's really missing home and missing me. And, um, and I just, I totally said, like, I, I get it, but you have to let yourself, the biggest thing I can say with like my mental health and my therapy is the word and has been massive. Like I can feel more than one thing and I can be, you know, I can be excited for this weekend for my husband and my, and our time together. And I can be worried. It's going to feel lonely without the kids here, you know, like she can be homesick and she can still go enjoy being outside. You know, it's, that took me a lot with my miscarriages too, is like, I can grieve that and what I thought would be, and I can still be happy for having birthday parties. I can still be present. I can still be, but I, I have to let that word and be there because I can't be, it can't be all or nothing for me. It just does not end well. My sister sent me something today that what you just talked about reminded me of, of it. And it's from raising yourself on Instagram. She's a parenting educator, helping parents raise themselves, reparenting and cycle breaking, et cetera. And she had a post that my sister shared with me. That was just so perfect. She said, you can heal your inner child wounds, reparent yourself and create new generational patterns while also acknowledging and appreciating the parts of your childhood that were healthy and good. They can coexist. And it just reminds me of what you were just saying. Like right now we can be struggling with motherhood, but also enjoying it too. And teaching our kids that having double emotions is sometimes just part of life. Right. And it just, it reminds me too of like all those memes you see of like, we can't wait for him to go to bed and then they go to bed and we just, you know, we're looking at pictures or we're, we're analyzing the day. Like they have to be together. The aunt has to be there. Otherwise you're just going to feel like a failure and, and be overcommitted to one versus the other. So I think um, that was a huge one and hopefully one that they see. Cause yeah, I don't want them to think that I'm perfect and I have it all together. Cause I definitely don't. <laughs> and Same I don't girl. want them to think they have to, you know, I don't want that, that we're hard enough on ourselves. They don't need to think they have to be what I am or yeah, measure up to anything. So for sure. And I know you've got kids in therapy too. And so can you talk a little bit more about that? Cause I know we both have that situation and um, you know, I think us helping ourselves is makes it easier to then help our kids and get them into the therapies they need and to normalize that, that it's okay to give them those extra tools. Yeah, definitely. I think it made me more aware. Um, my oldest who is 11, um, she's in therapy for anxiety and she's really benefited. I feel like she still (laughs) has a long ways to go, but it, I can definitely tell improvement and and it's like you said those cold words or those conversations between the two of us flow easier that she can just tell me like hers is the flowers so she'll be like my flowers feel blue and that means she's sad or like the flowers are really red then I know she's angry I can intervene so like just those tools to help you parent better like it just it makes them a better little person and helps work through things but it helps you be able to communicate and work with them easier and then my second oldest She is not officially diagnosed, but suffers from dyslexic tendencies. So she goes and sees kind of like a tutor, but I just, I adore Tracy and she's acted more of like a therapist and helped us communicate. And Myla just feels like, like she's told me everything just makes sense there. Like, I just want to do this with Tracy because it makes sense and I know it. And, and she hears me and 
So like, I feel like that's been almost a form of therapy for her is being able to have Tracy as an outlet to know, you know, how her little picture brain works because I don't understand it. And I don't, I don't get it sometimes. So to have that kind of another person. And then my youngest Easton just started OT therapy and a little bit more intensive speech therapy. And that's been, been a huge game changer for, um, for us and handling kind of his behaviors and sensory issues and sensitivities. So yeah, it all, it's, it's exhausting, but it's all a piece of the puzzle to be able to just parent them better and give them skills for when they're older. Like I wasn't diagnosed with anxiety until my daughter was six months old. So I was 21, almost 22. Like that's just a long time to have horrible coping skills and it's no fault to anyone. It just, it wasn't talked about like it is now. So yeah, I hope that by, you know, us being honest as moms, it helps them not feel the stigma and not have to go years and years and years without getting help or advice or whatever it is they need to, to deal with it appropriately. For sure. So you said it's exhausting and I don't disagree. It's like just constantly making appointments and getting people to this place and that place between school and activities and therapies. And then you're trying to also take care of you. Um, and so how do you do that? How do you take care of you? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's moments. And you can be honest, like if you're not good at <laughs> yeah, it, you can be honest. It's hard. Um, it's little moments. I've realized I'm not going to get like the hour glorious nap, or I'm not going to get three hours at target walking around. That's just not where our life is right now. You know, but if it's simple things like listening to a podcast so I can kind of drown out in the car while I'm driving, or if it's, you know, reading something late at night to get my mind elsewhere, or it's taking these little moments in the day to just reset, decompress, whatever it is. So yeah, I think for me, it was giving up the idea that it has to be this big grandiose, like, I need a weekend away. Like, that's just not where our family is financially or you know, obviously emotionally with my daughter not being able to be at the cabin for the weekend, but it just, it's just having to, you know, once you do dinner, you know, communicating with your spouse and saying, Hey, I really need just 10 minutes. Like I just take them outside, play soccer. I just need 10 minutes of, you know, not being overstimulated. Um, so that's a big one. My husband is really awesome at like just being able to hear that and, and never make me feel guilty. Like a lot of my, I always say my love language is sleep it obviously isn't but that it like if you love me let me sleep so he can tell when I'm overstimulated and he will no doubt every weekend let me take some kind of a nap and never feel guilty like he's usually cleaning the house or baking or playing with the kids like it's never there's never a guilt associated with it and I'm so grateful for that that I can reset without him you know adding extra guilt if there is any there he just he makes it so possible and so so yeah sleep is a lot music helps a lot but yeah just taking the little moments and not focused on this perfect time or this perfect situation to fall into place. Yeah, I agree. It, you know, I preach it all the time. It's in those little things, right? Those little tiny things. And if someday like your kids are going to be big enough where you can go for that hour walk, you know, and like, we always have to remember like, this is a phase for better or worse. Like, I feel like that can also bring on guilt because we're like, we're not doing enough and whatever. And like, there's no sense in going down that rabbit hole, but, um, you know, you aren't going to be going to a million therapies forever and you aren't going to be taking them to school forever and you aren't going to be doing whatever, you know, and 
someday you are going to be able to walk away. Like this morning, I went for a run by myself, just, you know, my kids are old enough. I can leave them at home for that short amount of time. And, and so to remember to like doing the little things now, doing what you can in the phase that you are in and being okay with that and doing the best you can and asking for help if you need it to. And you have it from James, obviously, but like you also have a good support group too, to help you when you need it. Yeah, it's essential. And it's, I think the one thing too, is like, it's always changing. So like, just because right now works for me to take a nap doesn't mean when sports start, that's always going to be a thing. So like, obviously like not getting too set in a routine for me and like realizing that like, okay, this is awesome today, but it's not always every weekend able to be this. So I think that's huge for me too, is not getting like, then that expectation kind of comes in too, you know, where you're like, well, this is what worked before, but this is what we could do a week ago, a month ago. So yeah, I think just realizing that it's always ever changing. For sure. I get people who ask me like, how do you know that your kid needed therapy? And I, you know, give the best answer that I can. Cause now each of my girls either has been or is in therapies And, um, I give the best answer I can, but like when people ask you that, what do you, what do you say to them? Cause I know that people are listening, like their kids do have worries or they are dealing with some stuff. And like, how do you know when it's the right time? So it was so different with each of them, like having Hallie in for anxiety and that with hers, it was, she actually asked, like she asked on one of her well child visits, like, could I ever talk to someone, which is just her little personality. She's just a little a little mama and really aware of her big emotions. And, and for us too, like it was stuff, all of a sudden we couldn't calm her down or I couldn't really see a lot of hers comes out in anger. So I couldn't see it building or I couldn't like catch the triggers fast enough anymore. And it wasn't that she was hiding it for me. It was just so internally mental. Like it was in her head. There wasn't any like physical signs for me to look out for. Um, She just would go zero to a hundred and kicking holes in the wall. Like it just, it got it got to be a lot. And I noticed that I wasn't able to see it coming. So then it was to me, then it had to be in her head or had to be something she had to work through with our Myla and the dyslexia. That obviously was a lot of like academic wise, it's been a huge fight trying to get her on an IEP. Um, She's missed, she missed by four points. And so it's just, that was just a whole battle. That one's like a daily battle the only reason I'm kind of dreading school to start I mean I'm so excited for school to start but (laughs) it's hard to be the advocate for that I pulled her out once a week every week to go and get help with math and so that one I think we had known from when she was little little like preschool that things weren't clicking and I just like I worry for her the gap is just already so big I don't want it to get bigger so I think that was what we were while she still was willing to try and willing to learn like we wanted to get therapy and that tutoring in fast. So then we weren't having to backtrack quite as much, but she's going to be a fourth grader and she's still struggling with like first grade math concepts. So it's, it's tough, but it's just wanting that quick intervention with her. And then Easton, (laughs) Easton's just his own special little being. He's been, he's been the crazy one from the get-go. So I, with him, he was just so different than any kid we had raised. It was so, he had so many more quirks, I guess is the right word and needs. He's such a physical little being that like, and I'm sure you've seen it at mass, like he'll sit. And I swear he's like 
as close as he can be without being inside of my clothes with me. Like he just has such a high input need and it needs to be physical. Um, and then, you know, obviously the tantrums and the outbursts and he's super sensitive to smells. He's super sensitive to temperature. So like making bath time super hard, just those kind of quirks that I was just like, I, I have no skills for these. Like I've done I've been a preschool teacher. I've been in a daycare, but like, I don't, I don't know what this is and I need help with it. So I was looking for a long time for like a diagnosis of some kind and then realizing that he's only four and that's not really what my focus should be. So, um, OT has been amazing. It's been, it's been a huge help in just him being able to identify and, and kind of giving me those strategies to use. And he has lots of like bowel issues that have actually been relieved from OT so that's been a huge blessing that I just I honestly didn't think it would be part of that equation um but yeah so with him it was just all those quirks that I just couldn't I knew I didn't have the skill to do like I'm not I'm not qualified to do that or or know how to do it best so that one was more my defeat checking in yeah I agree I think part of it with me too was that like I want my girls to have tools to help themselves, but also like, I don't, I don't know how to help them when they're dealing with X, Y, or Z, you know? And so I'm grateful that we've had therapy in our life for that reason too. I think people think their kids need to be at an absolute breaking point in order to get therapy. And even for myself, like I, I knew I needed therapy, but like, sometimes I'm in therapy. I'm like, this feels so stupid that I'm in here today. Like I am feeling good and at a good place, but like yesterday I cry through the entire therapy session. And so like, there's always something to work on regardless of if your kid's at a like super low point or just like you're noticing some things where you need some additional help. If you can make it work, I totally encourage everybody to, to just try, you know, try and find the right person and, and give a call, talk to your doctor, because I know that the tools that my girls have gained and that I've gained to help them have been really huge for us. Yeah. And even like a safe space to just be able to go talk. And especially, like I said, we have lots of living things in this house. There's not really a privacy moment. So especially when we had to do like teletherapy for a little while, that was really hard because it was like, everyone was interrupting. Someone was listening. So even for people to go and just have a space, safe space to offload stuff, it's, it's totally worth it. For sure. Tell me how you battle mom guilt the and thing. Like I can feel guilty and acknowledge that like I sacrificed a lot yesterday and we sat outside on a blanket and watched the construction people out front. Like I have to have the and in there. Like I can feel guilty about something, but I also can acknowledge something else with it. Um, so like, and obviously I'm guilty or I feel guilty and I'm a good mom. Right. Like I feel guilty and I actually rocked it at breakfast this morning and everyone was I had it ready and made and satisfied and I rocked that like I can have both of them coexist together I think that's a great mindset I love that tell me something that you do really great as a mom that I do really great as a mom I think I'm good at just kind of getting to the core of it or like getting down to their level and like I can see past just the big emotion. Like I can see past the big scream and the big tears and just be like, okay, but what really? Like, let's bury it down. Let's break it down. Um, especially with my oldest, not so much with Easton, but I feel like I can just see past. That's not like, true. That is not true. Mm-hmm. I've seen you be incredibly patient with that boy. Yeah. When 
Oh, and you didn't need to be like when yeah, you know, I can tell he was, you were at your wits end and you were, you were a very patient and loving mom to those kids. And you're right. You do get, get past that. Like you can see past what's going on. Right. Or I can acknowledge like, okay, they're really tired or okay. Yes. Like he did just sit through three fourths of maths really well. This last little bit is going to be like pulling teeth, but we're going to, you know, like I'll rub his back or we'll do what we have to do to get through it together. Um, but yeah, so I think just seeing past the the outburst and figuring out what's really kind of the root cause of it or or what the cause of the emotion is yeah you fight hard for those kiddos you set a good example for them too for someday if they become parents and you set great examples for us around you as well so i appreciate you and i appreciate your friendship and uh i know that you, i love you too friend do you have anything else you want to share the only thing i can think of is just the and I don't even know how to sum it up into words, but like, we have to be, we have to acknowledge that like stay at home moms and working moms each are equally hard in so many different ways. Like being a stay at home mom for basically 10 years and then being a full-time working mom and being a part-time working mom, like all of them are equally difficult. There is not one that outweighs the other. There is not one that's, you know, it. So I just, I wish that kind of stigma would go away or that kind of like, you know, each of them have their pros and cons and it, 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 yeah, I just want, I hope that people really are choosing what's best for them and their family and not just what they think needs to be done or what they think, you know, cause it's, it's not easy being a stay-at-home mom, like financially and, and mentally like not getting a break, but it's also not easy being a working mom. So I wish yeah. that piece, like, I hope, and I try really hard to talk to my girls really openly about that too, of like, it's, it's okay to change your mind. Like, I loved Target. I would have stayed there for a really long time. Um, I was a team lead and I loved it. And I loved where I worked and my coworkers and my team, but like, it wasn't what was best for my family. And it's okay to change my mind. And it's, it's okay to miss it and realize that this is where I'm meant to be. So, you know, just realizing that it's not always greener on the other side, or it's not always harder on the other side or, or better. It's just different. And each of them have their own struggles and, and strength, you know, for sure. And I think that's where our mom tribe comes in. Right. And like, we have to have those people that do support us no matter what we're doing and know that there are unfortunately people who are going to judge us regardless of if we're working at all, or if we're working out of the home in the home. Um, and that like, I've, I've just been really trying to like teach myself. And then I, obviously I speak about it too, but like, giving other moms grace, because even if I think I know how to handle the situation, I'm not with her kids 24 seven. I'm not in her shoes 24 seven. I don't know what her marriage is like, you know, like all of those little details, we think we know, but we don't. Yeah. It's, there's so many pieces to it. I can say to my experience, I feel much more mom guilt as a stay at home mom than I did as a working mom. But I think that it was a, I think I mentally checked out when I got to work. I think I got to literally like, they always say guys are like one box thinkers and meant in a really good way, but they, they accomplish one task, box it up, put it away, start the next. And I think I was able to like almost compartmentalize all of that and like put it away and not have to, to deal with it. And then I felt like I was more intentional when I did get home to not, you know, shoo them away. But like on the flip side of that, you could say the same thing for someone else the other way. So yeah, just because it's harder for you to be a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, like it's not, it's, 
it's not the same across the board. Like you can't ever judge what a mom and family is choosing to do. And you don't know if that's even what they really want to do. Like I said, I love Target. I wish I could still be there if I was a single person. I absolutely would. Um, but it's not what's best for my family. So like, you know, it just, there's so much that you don't know about another mom when you see them that it's just, you just can't judge the whole working mom, stay at home mom thing that that one's got to go for me. I think like what I've tried to do because I'm human and I, I judge people. I do. And I don't, don't want to. Right. Um, but it's like, sometimes it's like those automatic judgments. And if I catch myself in those, I try to like stop that thought and just like say a quick prayer for that person. Because like, like we said, we don't know what they're actually dealing with. Right. So yeah, definitely. definitely. I agree. I think it is a stigma that needs to go away. And like just the judgment among moms, like moms judging moms just needs to go away. Yeah. That just, that should be done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think you're a great mom. I know you're a great mama and I'm glad that you are in my my mom tribe. Same these. Thanks for being here today. Um, I'm going to post or in the show notes, you'll find where you can find M over on Instagram and uh, you can go hang with her there. If you want say, thanks, reach out, give her a little encouragement. Or if you're in the same boat, you know, where you've got kids who are going through therapies or you're a full-time working mom and you're switching to a stay-at-home mom, like whatever, just reach out to Em. I know that she will yeah. be there to support you. You and can message me and I will, I'm an open book. I'm, I'm honest and open and, um, yeah, I'm always willing to help. You are. I love that about you. All right, girl. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Raw Mom Life podcast. If you love anything you heard today, share it with some family or a friend who might resonate with it as well. I love to hang out on Instagram, so come find me over there for some more laughs and maybe a few tears as well, but always a good cup of coffee. Mama, I appreciate you and never forget, you are never alone.